Welcome to The Travelling Senorita, episode 117. I have left the mainland and I am in Tasmania, the island of food, distilleries, people, flavours, colour, love. I love Tasmania and it has been on everybody's lips in the last couple of years, but it's been on mine forever because I grew up on the Mornington Peninsula and always looked, I reckon I could almost see it from where I lived, across Bass Strait to the island called Tasmania, which is obviously part of Australia. But now through the pandemic, so many uh, northerners have been flocking down to Tasmania uh, and discovering Hobart, I guess, for the first time, Launceston. Uh, but, you know, Hobart's been brewing this for many, many years. The people of, sorry, not just Hobart, Tasmania. The people of Tasmania are creative folk. Um, they're sustainable folk. They love to produce on their island. And today I have found one in particular that's super intriguing. He is what I would call an artist slash creative, a stonemason who is a landscape designer who now has the wonderful ship in in Stanley and I'm sure you would have seen that on my socials because I've been going ballistic about it. It is absolutely stunning and it's an immaculate um, inn hotel that is in Stanley that I hadn't been to. So part of this podcast is about discovering areas that that I haven't been to before and bringing them to you but also digging deeper on the characters. So please welcome Alistair today. He's got one hell of a story. Hello, Alistair. Hello, Kylie. Now, sorry about this. Your wife uh, dropped you in this, and but this is the best part. So we're going to be super non-scripted and off we go. I literally picked you up from a mechanic around the corner to tell your story because Kerry, your other half of shipping, was telling me a little bit about you and straight away I said, stop, he's got a podcast. So sorry, firstly, that we dropped you in. Um, and secondly, thank you for being here. No problem. Pleasure. So let's start with the name Alistair Houston. Where does that come from? I think there's Scottish origins. Um, Well, I know so, but um, I believe Houston name came from Scotland and then went, uh, ended up in Ireland during during feuds and things with other uh, clans in Scotland. And then uh, my father was born in Cork and came over, his family came over in the 10 pound era to Tasmania from Ireland and then um, I, my father was in the in the Navy in Sydney. Right. So, but my mother came over to look after a, a, an ageing, a, a sick aunt from um, Norfolk in England um, and she was born into an aristocracy living in a beautiful big house in Norfolk and had a lovely holiday home, 10-bedroom holiday home in Isle of Skye called Talisker House. Oh, wow. Hang on, is this to do with whiskey? Uh, it's, it's, <laughs> Talisker is a, a small area within the Isle of Skye um, and Talisker House was in that, uh, had its own beach and mountain and locks, but the actual Talisker whiskey distillery is in Carbost um, and I guess a rivulet, the, the, or the river that comes through Carbost comes from the area of Talisker. Did you get to visit this, this stately manor? I did a few times in my childhood and into my 20s and it was um, a mind-blowing experience for someone who's grown up in Tasmania in a small humble home on a farm and then um, seeing where my mother grew up was impressive and, and it's got in it's in the blood too loving the architectures of the old European styles and uh, handcrafted stones. handcrafted it's just really uh, yeah, is, isn't it? yeah yeah 
it's that European thing. So we will um, finish with shipping because there's something about that that just straight away I thought I was in either Ireland or Scotland um, and just the detail of what you've done there and now I kind of, now that I'm knowing your story, I understand it even more so. So when you went to school in Hobart, did you? Was yes. It, yeah? what, did, what were you thinking you were going to do when you left school? <laughs> There was always a bit of a... Um, Travel. <laughs> well, uh, yes, yeah, not even... I guess that was in the blood already because my parents had been wonderful and taken us to Scotland and England when we were little. So there was definitely uh, excitement in doing that one day. But um, I wanted to be a farmer because I grew up on a farm. But we had 20,000 battery hens. And that's a lot of hens. That's a lot of hens. And it was in the days where it was starting to get controversy. And no matter how much my family tried to, you know, well, they did a good job trying to be ethical and stick to the rules um, with battery farming. And uh, they did a very good job. But over the years, uh, they were a very entrepreneurial family. Um, my father and uncles and grandfather the Houston boys were very clever in diversifying. They had sheep as well. And then the lettuce um, started up and they became a multi-million dollar corporation over the years and did an absolutely wonderful job. But I never... In lettuce? In lettuce farming. They started they sort of started out the whole masculine um, yeah, packaged... Right. They started that in Tassie and probably... Which would have gone to the mainland. It would have gone to the mainland and, you know, it just became massive and wow. supplying all the big companies around Australia and probably even exporting. But um, I still didn't have the... Uh, I didn't want to. I don't know why. I stuck... <coughs> I went to be a jackaroo. Really? What uh, about? In Northern Territory in Catherine. Uh, I went to rural college there. Wow. This was after my mother passed away when I was 18 and I was sort of in a bit of a limbo mum lost just leaving school it was my last year of school and um that's a hard time it was a hard time but it was also I got because you know we didn't have a lot of money so I saved up for my own first car I saved up for my course in the Northern Territory Rural College and I got my jackaroo certificate and all this and tried a bit of being a ringer um but um that's that's what amazing grounding. So when you say you did a course up there, was that for agri agriculture course? Yeah, so basically Northern Territory Rural College, um, they take you through, I guess, months of months and months of learning all the ropes of running a station mm. um, up there and riding on Bloody horseback. Bloody hot mate from a guy from Tassie. Well, yeah, and I didn't mind that. <laughs> I, okay. I, I did actually do well, but I didn't... By the end of it, I didn't want to live there just because... It was hot all the time. The, mm. It's a rough, very rough. You've got to be a tough, mm. very tough to do all that. And, and I'm not a tough bloke at all. Aristocrats. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You've so, got tough hands. <laughs> uh, well, that's, yeah, that's different. But you mean tough as in climate and like living off that country is oh, pretty yeah. full on, isn't it? And in that, you know, it was a... Catherine, blokey. Very blokey. Yeah. Um, and being a jackaroo or ringer or... Up there, you do have to have a certain le level of male toughness and mm. overload of testosterone mm. to survive. Mm. And um, mm. no, it wasn't for me. So I um, came back and got into uh, hospitality, running restaurants and In bars Hobart? in Hobart. Mm. Yeah, right. So any any ones that we should know about? Um, mm. Muir's upper deck was um, really just. I got was lucky to get in there where 
they looked after me very well and I moved my way up over a few years into being a supervisor and uh, did a bit of landscaping for the owners and they, George and Jill Mule, very, very big in my life because they got me started in two different um, trades, if you like, yeah. uh, careers. And so I was doing well in hospitality, but I knew it wasn't forever. But then I did small bits of landscaping for them, which turned into bigger and bigger and bigger on their oh, property. This makes so much sense, doesn't it? When I know your story now, where you are, you're mm. a storyteller um, in or the hotel, like uh, you started with your hospitality yeah. element. That's such good grounding, isn't it? And you've gone up and done the, the Jackaroo stuff, which is hardcore. You come back and do yeah. the hospitality in Hobart, which is... You know, growing up in Melbourne, we were always like Hobart's a happening city, but I guess the rest of the world's just found that out now, hey. But yeah, yeah. It is such a cool city. I've just done a few stories down there and stayed at the um, Move and Pick Hotel, the new one there, and it's oh, the Chocolate Hotel, yes, and then down the road is Sunny, which is this cool bar. It's and, all starting. And then my husband took me around the Salamanca area and mm. went up to like social Salamanca, uh, society, sorry, and then you've got preachers and all these wonderful like bars and restaurants and people that are just independent but doing their own thing mm. with hospitality and really raising the bar. It's, do you feel like Hobart's always been like that? Oh, look, there's been snippets <laughs> of people who do something sort of different and wonderful, but now it's sort of starting to explode and at last. And then around Tasmania, we start to see more <laughs> and more amazing boutique or something with a absolute difference and uniqueness that is we're starting to get really proud of what mm. Tasmania's doing in that aspect there's real entrepreneurs doing the hard yards and putting everything into making something that's an experience and mm. I think that's a good word actually making it an experience yeah right. so we you know we're meeting a lot of them now being part of the hospitality industry yeah. is yeah. a fantastic yeah Really, it's like a big really family. Really proud, aren't you, you guys? Because you've just sustainable island. You've got everything you need right here. Yeah, but we're not competitors. It's it's no. so different to. I don't. It might be the same in other states or countries, but uh, we find landscaping. When I was in that, there were people. Some people who <laughs> thought who didn't want to talk about their whatever they're doing. They, but then I was protective friends with some. They're so protective. Yeah. <laughs> but then there was there was a few companies that I was friends, and we bounced things off. Yeah, great. It was good. And stonemasons are good at that, actually, more but than most trades. But you kind of want that in a place, don't you? You want to be threaded with some, um, uh, you know, a bit of a theme in a place. You don't want to be kind of doing like outlandish things over here, and then something completely different with other materials over here. You really do need to bounce off each other in we the do. industry. Yeah, and try and be different to the people that are supposedly your competitors but yeah. you become friends and then you try and do something that's unique and different and yeah. then look yeah. after each other when and that's what happens you sort of use other companies if you're full and people are looking for someone to stay you know well you, that, that, make, that makes share. a lot of sense yeah. and that's where I think the creative industries really does need to go is just really sharing and caring for each other and bouncing off each other every idea is someone else's idea I've always come from that position myself so you know, to be able to share in the creative industries. You're a freelancer, I guess. You had your own business, didn't you? I had my own business and I had um, staff and I had. I ended up with a landscaping team and a stonemasonry team. So did you do a landscaping um, hands-on or apprenticeship or how did that come about? Look, I, I, a lot of us call ourselves stonemasons and we've probably not done the legit ticket. Um, and there's Don't really... Don't that bit. But <laughs> no, but I always was very careful of not insulting 
the yes. stonemasons who you know have a heritage craft, ticket yeah. and yeah. and that craft. But I think I worked <clears throat> with enough stonemasons. I employed enough stonemasons that I and I was getting good reputation with the business and the quality of work with the stone walls. Um, yeah. And I think there was a, a niche that I'd fallen into doing really creative tighter walls, bigger budget, but yeah. that led me to clouding houses in stone and. Hey, that's not for the faint-hearted, is it? No, no, especially <laughs> my last job that I did before Tell me about I... stone masonry. I want to know more about the uh, rustic side of it. Well, I guess it's the, the, I don't know, we call it the stone zone, I call it anyway, where you lose yourself. <laughs> and a whole day, when you're on a good job and using lovely stone and, and, and the stones all falling together, it's, it's an amazing experience, like being in a, a higher plane where you're... Or meditative states? Yeah, because really? a day, wow. an eight-hour day can feel like two hours. So, so I guess, and this isn't um, um, undervaluing a bricklayer, Mm-mm. but different, right? So oh, you, you're it's laying... all skill and quality in there. And then yeah. I could never be a bricklayer because I haven't... I've tried. <laughs> and it, that's a whole new art that is maybe a bit um, repetitive, but absolutely so precise you can't miss a beat you can't miss a beat and they can do it fast and quality and i i can't i haven't got the skills so with stones it sounds like i'd be more of a stonemason or if i was going to be coming back in another life i feel like that could be one of my vibes because you're putting like bits and pieces in like a puzzle almost yeah it's a spatial awareness i guess Uh so you can and sometimes it can just be pure instinct you'll even pick up a rock that uh, part of you thinks, why am I picking this up? It doesn't, it's a silly shape. And then you will, it'll find its way. Wow. It's, it's, uh, it is amazing. It's a great um, thing to have. Yeah. And so do you chop up all the rocks as well? Or how oh, does look, it work? It's different stone dealt with different ways. But w- a lot of my favourite work was with harder stones like um, basalt and yep. bluestone. Because you use, or you are required, <laughs> otherwise it wouldn't work, uh, tungsten tipped chisels and hammers. So this is a very hard rock that when you get the, the good quality one, you can tell by the sound of it, it's like a bell. Um, some of the bluestone I could find down in Hobart, a uh, big, what we'd call a plate, big piece of stone. If you hit it with a hammer that's tungsten chisel, you can take big scallops out of the face to get a better shape face of the rock but it'll make a big clanging sound when you've got a good one so it's almost like being a sculptor well it is you've got to listen to everything as well as feel and you can tell where the fissures are going to be in the fault lines in a rock so you've got to take it easier if it's a bit of more of a dull thud and you don't take too much off at once or you take a little big chunk out because you know it's a big solid plate. So you have absolute respect for like, you know, even in the Roman times and right through to Ireland mm. and Scotland and just like the hand-built oh, yeah. walls and castles and things over there. Crazy, right? That is crazy. And I was lucky enough to... I can't, now I'm going to forget the name of a castle that they've been building for 20 or 30 years in France... And <clears throat> uh, no, it's gone from my memory. But um, you know, it comes back, mate. We will go well, hopefully. <laughs> but anyway, Kerry's parents took us to this place, yeah. and we got to explore what they had built. But the whole village that they had created only used handmade products. 
They, in, in this modern day time, it, it's now. a modern day time. Wow. It's it, only the French could get this right um, because yes. obviously R H and S would have a field day in uh, Tasmania. No, in and Australia. people in Stanley. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> maybe in Stanley, but they were splitting rocks the old-fashioned way. They were using hammers and wedges and anything to you could. And I even laid. Well, I didn't lay it. I they let me chip a stone, which would be laid in that. So, so give me like the the province like where where are we in France? Oh, near where? Just give me. I need Kerry. No, no, I, no. I, no. I, where I, would it be near? Like Normandy or where are we talking? Where were? How where far we're... from Paris? There we go. Oh no, it's sort of uh, south south of Paris. Not near Bordeaux or somewhere like that. We were we did go to Bordeaux, so would have probably been on the way. But, but this sounds amazing. I like that they're doing it in the modern times because I feel that's like right. that's what you're doing over at the ship in. Mm-hmm. Before we um, before we go there, what's some of the best projects you've worked on, or the biggest ones, or the ones that have really rocked your boat? Wow. Um, oh, can I drop a name? Mona. <laughs> well, look, yeah, I was proud to be part of it, but I was in that particular moment that wasn't my business that was being called in by a stonemason friend who I then later employed but you must have been but pretty uh, I was like pr- pr- yeah we're using there. original sand convict sandstone around the library um, yeah. and it's changed so much in the last whatever 10 years that is it it's been open for 10 years at least I actually I'm, think it has I hey? think it has it but may we be were, a bit longer it was right in the beginning stages and because that, that to me is like a um, when I when you pull up in the ferry, it's like a um, a set from you know Mad Max, isn't it? <laughs> when you rock up there, so, but actually to be on site and being part of that build, um, the landscape, I guess, design side yeah. of that. Yeah. How was that? Well, we're all very proud of um, Mona and David. What David Walsh has done for Tassie is yeah. absolutely mind blowing. So. Yeah. Yes, we're very biased towards whatever he does, and um, I think he should be. Keeps... How good is that though? But you've actually like he's not um, ostracised. He's not like out there when everyone's going, oh, you know, that whole no. tall poppy thing, blah blah. But he gives. He's just a giver. Yeah, let's talk about him for a minute. You know a little bit more about. I him. don't know a lot about him other than I, you know. No, what... the, your feeling of being proud. Talk about that. Oh, just with um... patriotic towards him. Yeah, patriotic, I guess, because Hobart. It's like you're always wanting the council to. Um, improve and, and draw people in with wonderful things, but they don't like spending. They might not be able to spend. I'm going to say but... this because we're not on ABC. This is my podcast, particularly <laughs> in the arts, because, mate, we've just been flogged where we yeah. are and, you know, having Blues Fest just come back for the third time. And, yes, they got some funding, but, you know, all the artists that I deal with, from musicians right through to writers or you name it we've really had a hard time the last couple of years so to see put into it i guess to see david from this at my words um to see what he has done for the people of tasmania the destination um Mm. and for the world opening it up you know like he's just put um the cash where his cash Mm. into something i love the way that he's gone i don't know if it's a ruling but i think it's probably his idea that all tasmanians go there for free it's, it's free for locals yes that's his vibe right that is the vibe and then on the it's i amazing. love on the website on the way out it says we have to charge the ten dollars how's this for red tape you have to charge the ten dollars due to a bloody covid counting thing hello oh, oh. but don't worry we'll give it back to you unless you want david to put on the dogs <laughs> That's what the website says. How good is that? Always had humour. And with the art, yes, it's um, controversial, a lot of it. But that's what makes him different. And that's what makes what he does more attractive because it gets reaction. And how boring would the human race be if we were so 
stuck in the mud. Dude, we have been. And that's why I said yeah. to you with the artist thing before, and you said you have got you have got um, bloodline artists, real artists, mm. you said, it, you know, artists in your family. And I yep. said to me, and I get it because I've been around the stoic art, and that's not discrediting an artist, you know, your Picassos, you name it. They're all amazing artists in their own right. But to me, a creative is an artist, you know. And yep. I guess what David's trying to do is bring... Is, is bring art to the people, make mm. it accessible. So, you know, you were very um, kind in saying, you know, you had artists in your family way back and that you're not an artist per se. But w- what are your thoughts on that? No, look, I guess uh, everything that is creative is art and it, it, it's something probably a little bit over modest. But my, I've had my grandmother, Bunty Houston, was a well-known artist. Um, wow. And, and that's on Dad's side. And then a lot of my cousins and even nieces, when you see, and my daughters. We're talking fine arts where they've gone and stuff. Well, well they're just well. things that they're capable of drawing, where I've never been a good oh, yeah, at drawing right. or painting yeah. or anything. Yeah, so, I know what you're saying. But I can see it in a lot of my relatives, and so yeah. I believe it is in bloodline. But um, you see big picture art, right? You can actually visualise something come together. Oh, yeah. I mean, that being a landscaper, yeah. you have to have that skill. I'm not a good designer. I've never done a lot of design I've employed good designers um, because but do you I, know how plants fit in certain areas and how, when you say you're not a I good can visualize yeah um, but I don't have um, you can't draw it up. I didn't I did a design course in the UK I did go to Eastern College for a while and did yeah. a landscaping course and yeah that involved design but that's when I realized I don't want to spend my life at a desk yes. drawing because I don't think I've got that skill set to the max but I did meet in Hobart when I had had the perfect designer, Catherine Shields, I'm going to put her name out there because she was 10 years in my life as a brilliant designer and she helped me get to the next level and we worked together as a beautiful synergy Um, and she still goes strong, Uh, sad to leave her behind when I started my new life but um, yeah, she's she's got hey, a natural. I reckon she gift. would have been um, sad to lose you as well. Oh uh, yeah, it was a yeah. It sounded like it a was. really nice um, unison of, of creatives coming together. So she was able to draw it up, I guess, and then you were able to practically put it together. Yeah, and imagine a, a lady dealing with men mm. all day, every day, and them. Mm. Um, what, a lot of men would just Dude, sort of clash against. I've been in the for against... 25 years, I can imagine. Yeah, <laughs> so it, what happens, and bless her, I think it's happening now, but yeah. we were, I guess being my personality that I have, yeah. the respect that I had for her and her designs, there was never a clash about I me like saying, that. I don't want to do it that way, I want to do it my way. Yeah. So the ego, you parked the ego, both you of you. Parked the ego. Yeah. And, um, and those projects must have been amazing that well, you they guys were. collaborated on. So, you know. The, the, the satisfaction in the end product, it was just, it was something to be proud of. Have you done stuff around Salamanca? Because that's always just so I, beautiful, like well, Battery Point and all around there. I did a few gardens around Salamanca. Yeah. Yes, small ones mainly in that area because everyone's uh, cramming yeah. in. But um, I did my biggest one when I met Kerry. It was another beautiful story where I met, I was landscaping for Kerry's parents. Yeah, right. And um, that's when I met her. And um, that, my, at the time, was the biggest budget I'd ever had mm. and it was dealing with I bought a tonic bridge an old convict bridge that had fallen down oh wow and put every piece of that stone almost I kept a few for myself with their blessing um, but that was the farmer wasn't going to release that stone which he had painstakingly preserved yeah heritage weren't interested in cleaning it up kids were 
lighting fires under the, what was left of it, dangerous. So he pulled it down and preserved. He wouldn't sell any stone for years. People were trying to pilfer it. It was in the days where people could make, still can, silly money on convict sandstone. But then I, mean, I went to him with a plan. And load it up and sell it to someone. You, he could have. Like a commodity. Mm. Wow. Oh, yeah, big dollar. Is that not um, uh, legislative? No, God, they were tipping it years ago. But now it would be, hey? You can't just. Oh, I don't know about legislated. <laughs> not knock it off, but people, yeah. It's still way behind Europe in preserving. Mm, her, her. Right, okay. Well, there's an area that you can help with. <laughs> <laughs> you got time, haven't you, buddy? No. 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 But, no. but uh, anyway, look, he's. And that's where you met Kerry. Yeah, and I presented this uh, plan to the farmer and said, would you sell it to me? We'll keep it all together and respect it and, you know, you can come to the opening. And it all, he he gave in and so I created a beautiful big garden using 80 pallets. And this is in a house in... uh, Yeah, in a garden in... um, uh, battery point. Oh, beautiful. Mm. And so, incoming Carrie. Carrie's also, you two are um, you, impressive to say the least with what you've got at the ship in and, and mm. um, uh, ship in. I, you know, have been to a lot of hotels <laughs> in mm. my time and inns and independent, from independence right through to, you know, um, farm stays. And there's just something about ship in that is just. It just captures your heart when you arrive. It might be that gorgeous colour on the outside. Yeah. I'm not sure. It wasn't gorgeous when we bought it. Yeah. Because well, it had the wrong trimming. Me, yeah. Yeah. Kerry was telling a bit of trimming. You know, to, to, you can dust, dust up a bit of trimming and it comes up. Right, yeah, but it? a lot of the locals were saying, "Can you please change the colour? It's horrible." Oh. They didn't like the m- mustard. They said it was like mustard's in, buddy. Mustard's so in. Well, right it now. is, but it's a, it, it is if it's not abused with. Um, oh, other colours that clash. Other colours that clash. <laughs> yes. So, so Kerry and you were in Hobart together, both working, um, Kerry in HR, working really hard, and yeah. you've got your own business. How do you find Stanley, which oh, is in right. the northwest, isn't it? On the sort of Bass Strait side of life. Yes, northwest, circular head. It's um, not an area that's visited so much by tourists, is it? Because that's more well, like the Preston A coast. It's being yeah. discovered now because of the Thanks way the world guys. is. Well, no, <laughs> that's nice. But it's also the fact that it's, uh, well, it's always had the beauty, but people are trying to get away from... I guess they want to get more out of discover the way, more. discover more yeah. because they've had to discover their own country and state more because of COVID. The, yeah. the restrictions are going overseas, the fear of going overseas. Holiday to home. Yeah. So yeah. a lot of Australians now are actually <clears throat> discovering the Northwest because it's a little bit more Even untainted. Tasmanians too, hey? That's they hadn't I'm, been here because no. I guess, let's just, let's just paint the picture of where we are. So we left Hobart. We were lucky enough to go to Rathmore, had a, Gorgeous uh, stop there um, at an old sheep farm, oh, Rathmore, which has turned into accommodation. They love you guys. And then we went to Old Kempton Distillery, which is fantastic because it's got the Providence Wall there. It had all the makers right there in one spot and incredible whiskey. And then we kept going. So it took us about, let's say, five hours from Hobart. Yep. And you're going through sort of the guts, aren't you? You're, like, yeah. you're, you're taking your way up, right up to the corner there. So I guess if you're somebody that, um, you know, thought two hours is a long way and, you know, you don't want to really get up to the cold northwest, you probably wouldn't think of going. But I've got to tell you, you've got to come. It's, yeah, yeah. It's so different from the Bay of Fires, Frassinet, which is also incredible. But that's mm. that beautiful area and down in the Huon Valley. All that area is gorgeous. But this is different again. Now, why is it different? Uh, for us, I guess the first uh, feeling was coming into the land of 
I don't know, it felt healthy. The, the soil is yeah. volcanic red, rich soil. Is it? I didn't know that. Is there rich red volcanic yep. soil for growing? Yeah, it's beautiful. Wow. Um, yeah. And then it's supposed to be some of the cleanest air or, you know, in the world, apparently, uh, up because, here. But because you can Because the water's feel on, it. on what oceans? Where are we? We're Bass Strait? Bass Strait and then Tasman I guess the west. Tasman we're closer sea? to the west, obviously. Sea, Indian Ocean, yeah. <laughs> Indian Ocean, Tasman Sea, Bass Strait. Have I got that right? I I Something that. like that. Anyway, that's freshest of air because it's just so Bass Straity. It's, it gets <laughs> cleaned on the, such a vast ocean, I guess, on the way. But it's, I guess, it was also untainted, untouched, and unknown. To, rugged. It's rugged, Love very that. rugged. You I get like to the Marawar and the West Coast. <laughs> it's absolutely beautiful and rugged. Um, I think that's what I like about it. I guess maybe growing up in the Mornington Peninsula when we were right down the bottom to Wilson's Promontory and stuff, mm-hmm. you know, like it's very similar. Yeah, it, on a different sort of flip. If you flip this, if you flip the island, it kind of works. And mm. and the nut mm-hmm. in Stanley, what is that about? The nut, a volcanic plug. Um, yeah. So there was a lot of volcanic activity in this. Well, in a lot of Tassie, but this area is quite intense. And the uh, Green Hills are part of a. The flow from Mega Pillow, which is quite um, well famous because it's very rare. We've got a Mega Pillow on one of the properties um, on the other side of Stanley, and but the nut was an ash cone that formed because of the lava that went under the ground and came up, and an a- the, the, the the plug of the basalt left over was what's there now was the solid innards of the ash cone volcano. I'm starting to think that the nut is why you came. (laughs) It's got a magnetic pull for sure. No, but the rock vibe too. Like, yeah, magnetic pull, but also because of you as a stonemason. Was there something going on here? Look, I think it's everything in a nut shell, so to speak. (laughs) Um, It's the first experience of Stanley. I came as a child but and remember the nut, but I came six or seven years ago with Kerry and the kids when we were exploring Tasmania. Uh-oh, you arrived and then bought a place. Well, <laughs> within about a year or two we did because we kept coming back. It's like there was Chalky this magnetic back. pull. Yeah, I feel it, absolutely feel it. But yeah. you fall in love, don't you, because it's yeah. got uh, this vibe of... Well, apparently you do, some you do, some don't and some do. Apparently you either do or you don't. Yeah, well, that's the whole like that. polar... The juxtaposition of it. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen that? Some yep. some go, oh, There's boring as bat shit, and some go absolutely in love. Yep. No, no one in the middle? No, really? no. Oh, Do you know I what I mean by that? No, no one, because people who feel something strong, they're the ones who talk about it. So people in the middle probably don't. But pump. maybe it's the nut with the magnetic force that I'm picking up on. Yeah, yeah. But... Oh, also, can I just say this sidestep? I know, Kerry, I said this today. My mum, before I came down, we're known for like, oh yeah, you, were, you know, mum says, and we are on dad's side, Pocahontas is way back there, sounds crazy. Mm-hmm. Dame Nellie Melba, yes, wow. as well, Helen Mitchell, Kylie Mitchell-Smith. Mum tells me before I come down here that we are related to Captain Stanley. And I'm like, okay, mum, now you're full of crapola. <laughs> Turns out we are on what? my mother's side, yes. So mum keeps ringing me and going tell me about stanley tell me about stanley and now this is the weird part because i obviously it's a long way back but it's on my um my nana's side who i adore she's passed and i was very connected to her and i'm like wow mm. i'm meant to be in stanley wow. i'm related to captain stanley okay 
That's amazing. Like, no, no, I need to get pull we, out the we need bloody. To do, um, Kerry probably know more history on. Well, it. I said that to Kerry this morning. We need to pull out the uh, what's the name? I need to do the um, DNA. You know, what is it? You know, uh, yeah, that chart thing. Through the email. Anywho, so apparently he was an okay bloke. Wasn't yeah, that bad? I heard. Apparently so. It's all good vibes. <laughs> <laughs> so talking about you and Kerry, you found you went went with your children. You had this holiday vibe over in Stanley, but then what happened? You bought something. Well, I guess we were staying with. Um, lovely people who have the whiskey bar Sam and Louise in one of their Airbnbs and it had a picture window with a couch under it and it looked up towards the nut and it was a horizontal curtain <coughs> rain wind fully on uh, sorry fully ferocious sort of weather and it reminded me instantly of my beautiful times that I spent on the Isle of Skye yeah of course and we used to. St- I used to love sitting there. I just hoped for bad weather because I could sit down next to the fire. <laughs> yeah. That's what it feels like. But it, it, it is, yeah. and and then so that's where the love for the ruggedness of this place sort of happened. And then I guess more and more we would come up every school holiday, stay with the same beautiful people. They would regale us with all their stories. They're full on fun and fantastic eccentrics. Um, they've got incredibly amazing pasts and fame what do they own in uh, the, town the whiskey bar and then there's those two uh number five and number seven it's called not quite on the beach because it's down on the oh this is the um the whiskey bar that i was at yesterday yeah, the yeah, wonderful yeah. will yeah he's, so he's amazing he's, he's like he told me that everyone that was a distiller was a scientist and i went you are he for a 21 year old man he's smart oh he's he's highly highly intelligent but he's like he's like 38 he's like an old man older yeah, 88 and he speaks like an old, old Englishman. unbelievable <laughs> the knowledge of this young man yeah. what a family no, that's where is. you stayed right got you now yeah. i know why you've got just into down this. the yeah. road and they've got another one on the beach but um, they became our first friends and uh, we fell in love with them. And basically that's where it started. And one day Kerry and I just had a glass of wine in our hand and we said, let's go and look at real estate. And we got all silly and excited and rang a financial advisor and said, can we do this? And things just fell into place. We and what was it like six or seven years ago? Oh, Stanley, um, actually quite a lot different as far as um, in the last five years the whole sort of stretch, main stretch of Alexander Terrace and Church Street has just changed. Like everybody suddenly started to follow suit with doing up houses. Yeah, and beautiful. So yeah. it's, it, it, it's a become, and then one tidy town, it's one uh, top tourist town in Tasmania. Then we got bronze and top tourist town in Australia. Um, a lot of that's thanks to Kerry. Um, really? Just doing the applications and Wow. Submissions and and she's working. connected to the tourism side of things as well and historical. Yeah, she's gained side. a lot of respect um, because of um, what she's doing for the town and bringing. So the tourism side is changing. We don't want it to go changing too far. No, I don't think it can. I don't. Think I don't it know can if it will because too much, people you know? find the weather. You know, if you're not into harsh weather, we do get that. You know, I think it'll keep it a bit real. Does it get harsher than today? Oh, got it. I'm joking. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you guys own the Ship In, ship in mm. which is an old hotel. So you bought your little Airbnb down the road and kept that and preserved that and made it look beautiful. Then mm. you've got this gorgeous hotel that used to be called... It was so called the different. Bayview Guest House when we bought it. Yep. And then it was a happening pub before <laughs> that, up until uh, 1972 when it was decommissioned and 
they were even going to demolish it. Oh, no. I heard the council were going to knock it down. Oh, no. It's so much it better than such, landscape. Oh, God, they did a lot of that um, back then, though. Just rip um, it down. Rip not, it down hey, and mate, put not something... as much as Queensland. Come on. Uh, no, but it's still devastating what has we yeah, have lost. Yeah. But anyway, of course you can't get it back. focus on what we've got. And um, so, <clears throat> yeah, anyway, since we got it, I guess it took us a year to renovate with builders. Um, it was in an interesting state. Um, and then the billiard rooms was were not part of it anymore. They'd been subdivided off three, 30, 25, 30 years ago. And then um, we had to approach the owners who are in Melbourne and say, you know, it's falling down. Do you want to sell? Um, and they did, thankfully. So we could get the whole property back together as it was and then turned it into the guest lounge. So and did, you, did you sort of say to each other, we're going to start a new lifestyle now? We're going to give up yeah. our careers in Hobart and we're going to move to Stanley and we're going to make this work? I, yeah, and, and the beautiful thing about <laughs> Kerry and I as a relationship is we've always had these dreams that seem to align, align. Yeah. and even with, with different skill sets that really do complement each yeah. other. Yeah, and never, that. ever, ever thought that we could do it like that, but it's just... It's so gone above we and get beyond. to experience this as consumers, because as I've said, I've stayed in a lot of places from Immaculate right down to Rustic, and the thing that really captures me about shipping is the detail and the decadence as soon as you arrive. They're the two words that just came to me straight away. And I'm like, there's got to be a stone unturned here. You know, there's got to be something that hasn't, and <laughs> it makes not. sense with the yeah, stonemason. Yeah. But everything has just been thoughtfully curated, mm. and it's down to I was trying to pull Kerry on one thing this morning so I thought I've got to have something you know this is, you can't be 100% right I'm not a hotel reviewer but I write about hotels obviously but I was like you know what the only thing I would say Kerry is you know your little breakfast things which are beautiful like I don't know pureed fruits from the garden let's say with your yogurt and your bread and everything's like sustainable and local and I'm like, I don't like the way that you leave half of that there and then I I, I want to, I don't like waste. I hate waste. And she said, no, 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 the chooks get it. We put it into the chook scraps yeah, and yeah. they either go to your your um, the girls that are working and doing the property as well or they go down the road to the house. And I was like, okay, tick, you've got me now. So everything about it. And I do think it's that embracing colour of the hotel, that mustard that we talked no. about, and the fact that you've sort of uh, polished it with some design um, help from Melbourne yep. designers, which are incredible. Absolutely amazing girls. Yeah. Uh, do you know their names? <laughs> Linda Gardner and Belle Hemming. Of course you do. Um, yep. um, Kerry was telling me about them this morning. But I also think there's something about Kerry and the way that she, in her mind, I saw her this morning interacting with customers and she's so immaculate like she was onto it straight away like just really onto the hospitality with a capital h so you've got your staff beautiful ella i'll shout out to her she's oh, yeah. incredible um, and you've got kerry there overseeing it as an umbrella of like mm. goodness and then you've got you there doing all the gardens and the masonry and, and maintenance man there's a whole new skill set i've had to learn and it, you'll never stop learning i guess when it comes to um do you love it there? Oh, I love it. No, it's unbelievable. <laughs> I, it's, it's, I count my lucky stars every day. Really? Every day. And Kerry said the same thing. So yeah. you're bringing up your family there. You've got this... I mean, as you said, you know, you want to keep it in it, in its organic state as a town, Stanley. But I think it's already got that, hasn't it? Oh, it's, it's very much The that. only thing yeah. that I, th I heard from Will yesterday, and, and I love that a young man can be so driven was the windmill the wind, uh, wind farm wind uh, it's a sad it's a sad thing but it's not going to happen though is it mate well we don't know that yet kerry's doing a great job oh, sort wow. of um heading the 
um, fight and we've got a wonderful incorporation that Kerry helped set up with what's that called um, respect Stanley Peninsula oh, okay I saw all the I saw all the placards everywhere yeah. yeah and look there should be more but Kerry's done the right thing by going because they were up for six months or whatever the yep. rule is and then council stepped in and said you've got to get permissions so Kerry's helped everyone go through the role um, the rigmarole of but as an every- outsider I wouldn't have known what was going on if those signs weren't there no that's right I needed to know what was going on and I asked Will and yeah. then I got his version as a young man which was so driven and so passionate and sustainable <laughs> and I'm right behind him yeah. and he should be in politics oh god but anywho, you probably would hate me to say that. But um, Uh, I just, you know, why do that to a town like that? You know, come on, guys. There's plenty of places you can generate wind from, right? The wonderful Liberal government that's not so wonderful anymore has been over-industrialising Tasmania or have their eyes fixated on over-industrialising Tasmania for their own benefits. And there's a lot of, uh, there's 2,800 turbines proposed for Tasmania. And it's a small island with so much beauty and natural beauty and you know there's just too much going on now that's going to change the whole incredible figure yeah concept of a beautiful place so well they might have a surprise in a couple of weeks well yeah but i'm hearing this and i'm hoping because tassie's always been the you know without going into politics um i mean you're you've always been a green island that's what you guys are Well, that's what they want us to sell but yet Um, they abuse it yeah that's not right then well we can't sell something that's not true so the truth has to come out. So you right. need people like yourself and Kerry and Will and all of you guys in Stanley to just, mm. you know, this is the stuff that ABC like to, mm. as a government-owned product, they actually do like to report on this sort of stuff. And I've got a feeling you did have a show on this, on 7.30 report or something. Oh, there's been 60 Minutes, there's been... You've had shows on the wind with There's right. been so much media coverage and... Yeah, right, okay. You know, who's listening yet? I don't know. But the point is, I think things are starting to come out in the wash. Yeah, great, um, great. But realistically we're into green energy we want green energy we have to go down that path yeah but be smart about it don't get consent from people who are affected right next door right to these massive things that aren't pretty they're not going to be tourist attractions in years to come because there's still going to be so many of them and there's other technologies coming out yeah and other areas that you can do it um, that won't affect a community like that so um what's the time frame on that one (laughs) don't know apparently it's been going between 15 and 18 years oh wow um they should have actually if they really wanted to get it up they should have done it so but why is it just all of a sudden fastened up Uh, i guess some of the local there's not many locals for it um, there's a, about four families, I think, that are involved in trying to help the landowner get it up. Um, but most of Stanley doesn't want it. But it's because they call us blow-ins um, because oh. we're new to town. But a lot of the people who don't want it are entrenched locals who born and bred here um, because they still respect the landscape. But a lot of us, I guess... Call, I've, so, got an, I've got, a, I've got a, uh, antithesis for blowing. It's indigenous land, man. So we're all just passing <laughs> through. I don't do that vibe at all. That's right. So, um, but it's We get it up our way too. Don't worry about that. Yeah. Um, and something I haven't touched on, the indigenous side. I haven't seen enough of it since I've been here and I would like to know more about okay. it. Is there a society? There are various societies and we're hoping that they can work together better. Um, yeah. And it, but there is a huge amount of respect forming all the time, especially up here with acknowledging the first people. Yeah. 
and in most or all speeches now and yeah. anything that happens, meetings, road signs, all of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. where we're acknowledging. Yeah. Um, and so well, that's where it starts. But, but when you strip that back, that's a human. Um, that's a human. Um, way of, of describing that it's still just about land so respecting the land you guys are respecting the land that you're living on right mm. so that's an indigenous way of being yep. and, and and you know i feel like with what we're just talking about then uh stanley has that um from preserving the buildings that are already there from looking after the natural landscape so to me those things all go together that's right and then having your indigenous names um because i mean i guess stanley's got a history to it hasn't it? it's got a brutal and very sad tragic history as well as um you know the growth of something that's turned into a beautiful historic town but i yeah but there's a real sadness with how it came about yeah, um, but I think to to sort of get through that, you've got to talk about it. Yeah, you can't just like push it. But that's what we've done in, in everywhere in Australia. Yeah. You've just got to talk about it, don't you? And you do. There. And there's various things around standing okay. now that are telling of the horrors. Yeah. But you've got to be careful. You, I don't overdo that because, yeah. yeah, you know, tourists. We want them to know yeah. the atrocities. Yep. And the, the beginnings of everything. Yeah. But you don't want too much negativity at the same time. I don't think you have that because um, when I arrived in Stanley, I was enveloped in this feeling of like nature, beauty, friendliness, all of it was just happening straight away. Um, it's got to be that mustard building because I'm a mustard girl. <laughs> There's something going on there. So just to finish up today, I mean, Shipping is just a storytelling hotel which every room tells a story of the history and the characters that have passed before you've got a lot of uh, there's a lot of old relics there that have a dark but you know quirky mm. side to them you've got um beautiful artwork from your family's oh, yeah. side Both sides, yeah. there's a, a beautiful um in the room that i stay there was a picture of your grandmother I believe. yeah so that's moon up recur so that's, yeah beautiful and i mean yeah. all of that you i feel you feel very welcomed in um in shipping so check it out guys it's a beautiful place i'll put it in the show notes and to finish today alistair lovely talking with you i could go on for we've gone for 45 minutes we're going to do half an hour um this always happens by the way where where in the world inspires you and who inspires you it's a hard one wow um particularly for you you've been around the world (laughs) yeah well look i guess the european as i said the architecture Mm -hmm. and the stone masonry history I've read the lovely books like Pillar of the Earth, um, but wow. to inspiration, um, I, I, I've got a lot of people that inspire me. My father um, and Kerry, and yeah. you know Kerry's parents. We and the Muirs. I must say the Muir family. Um, they're just there's so many entrepreneurs in my family. Mm. There's so many amazing people. Mm. And I've been very fortunate to be born into that family and it set me up for life and I'm hoping to do that for my children too. I think you're I think you doing it, my friend. And you know what? And you're a hard worker from the ground up, so kudos to you. And I'm thank you so much for welcoming me in to ship in. We will be back. Pleasure. Thank, thank you, you so much. Thank you so much, much Alistair.